Hello? Are you okay? I thought something awful had happened to you. Life sends through the hourglass. So are the gaze of our lives. <laughs> this podcast provides commentary for episodes aired between November 1st and November 5th. Happy Halloween, Austin. Happy Hallow's Eve. Spooky this week on days. Something resembling spooky, at least. No, I thought it was pretty spooky. I loved all of these zombies uh, coming back. I loved every single character that they brought back between Deimos, Nick Fallon, and Charlie Dale. I thought that they were great people to come back and it was a pleasure seeing them again Austin I know that when we talked briefly before you have some different ideas I felt like this was a really really just cheap way to bring everybody back I think that Nick Fallon God peace you know how we feel about Nick Fallon we hated Nick Fallon when he was on and we've wanted to hate him again Ever since, because he was one of the greatest villains we ever had. And now they're bringing all of these three dead people back, all in unison, and it just cheapens it. I wanted to see Nick Fallon come back from the dead, not as a zombie, but as an actual character and have a real storyline. And I think the same could have been done for these other two characters. Not that everybody has to come back from the dead, and I would prefer that they didn't. But it's just like, I'm not okay with it. I also don't like the whole Halloween thing being a whole week. And Marlena just kind of got dropped off from the whole end of the week. So I thought that was a little weird too. It was a little bit weird dropping Marlena off. But the way that they've been splitting up the weeks, it has been pretty even with the three Marlena episodes and the two other episodes. But this week they just squeezed all three Marlena episodes in the beginning. But it was different for sure. And that was just for Halloween. And it really wasn't an entire Halloween week. It was really only two and a half episodes. On Thursdays, or on Wednesdays rather, Charlie uh, was killed in the very beginning. No, I know. But it's all still lingering and the preview for next week just kind of i don't know if you've seen it peace but i have not seen the preview yet do you want me to give you what i saw in the preview or is that a spoiler for is is that consider a spoiler if it's in the day's weekly preview i would not consider that a spoiler it all you hardcore listeners you tell us you know we're gonna be talking about this promo right now so just mute the speaker if you don't want to hear it and let us know not to talk about these promos again because if you let us know we won't do it so basically the promo for next week from what i'm getting out of it the devil goes into Kristen, not Kristen, susan so we'll see how that goes so we've got some Susanks coming up. I guess so. I don't know if this is the first time ever. I don't know, you know, what exactly happened in the former Marlena possession storyline in the 90s. But 
Yeah, Susan might have been around then. I don't know. I'm sure that you guys listening are probably all screaming at us. How could you not know? Um, but let us know, because we're not sure if Susan was around for the original possession story. We don't know if this is a throwback. So, Peace, you tell me then. What did you think about everybody coming back from the dead? If it was also exciting for you and you just loved the whole thing. I did really love the whole thing, actually. I thought that everybody's chemistry with each other was spot on. And these characters really seemed to me, even though they were all zombified, they still seemed to me to be their real characters. The interaction between Nick and Gabby was scary. The interaction between Nicole and Scary. The interaction between Charlie and Ava, scary. And I love Ava's in particularly because it came right at the tail end of her being this total badass and putting Carmine in his place and everything and being just mob woman. And immediately we saw her revert back to the days when Charlie was still alive. And we saw that sort of mix between terror and guilt. And it was just such a really interesting dynamic between Charlie and Ava. And I loved seeing that again, just coming right up like that. And all of these characters, definitely, I agree with you that they should have a real spot in Salem. I would love to see that. But considering this is what we got. I'm glad that these characters were not forgotten and they had the opportunity to portray these characters again. I thought that it was nice. I just can't take these storylines seriously with these three people coming back from the dead and how pointless it was. And for you to say you were scared during Gabby and Nick's scene, I was on the verge of laughing, not because I thought anything was funny, but it was just over the top the way and i love the actress who plays gabby camellia i love her and i love gabby gabby is one of my is probably my favorite woman on days of our lives right now considering stacy hyduke's playing kristen and we'll get into that later in our recast conversation but I was not believing what was happening and how can we? There's zombies running loose in Salem. And then when Jake or, yeah, Jake, I was about to call him Stefan. I can't remember his name. When Jake and Gabby got the advantage over Nick, they just throw him in the casket and Gabby just kind of says, I don't want to know like where he, you know, how this happened type of thing. You know, it's so overdramatic, not even believable. You can't explore this, right? Like we have to just gloss over it because it's so unrealistic. These people have seen so much in this show that this was just another thing that happened to them and crazy old Salem. I can't buy it. I think this possession storyline is getting a little out of hand. And I guess if this is what a possession storyline entails on days today, then I'm not a fan of the possession storyline officially. I just have to say. Well, we've still got a little ways to go on that. So far, I'm enjoying it. This week, Halloween, the week of Halloween, we can expect a little bit of tongue in cheek. I found it entertaining. I was putting myself in these people's shoes and realized I felt like 
That's what it was, was the performance. Well, I'm right, and I'll tell you why. Because these are three seriously good actors. I think the actor who played Charlie probably did it the best. But I felt like Nick was a parody. I felt like they were laying into Damos being too much of a creep, more so than he actually was, which Damos was a creep. But it's just, that wasn't even really Damos. There's something to be said about Nick and Charlie. Their characters were there, but I just thought that it was over the top. And of course, they were zombies. But you're saying Halloween's a little tongue-in-cheek. Sure. I I love the whole Halloween thing they've been doing. I loved it when it was one single episode that was not canon, that did not feed into the rest of the storyline, that played in a way of a what if days were this crazy. I don't want to see days be that crazy, though. I don't want to see days be this over the top. I, I was not feeling the performances, and I love all of these actors, but I felt like everybody knew what this was, that this is just ridiculous. And I love the show. I love the actors and the characters, but I was not feeling this storyline for the, these characters. I thought they all deserved better. And I think the show deserves better. And I think the fans deserve better. Let's build some actual storyline. Like, how are we ever supposed to move on past this, knowing that Nick Fallon was a zombie on Days of Our Lives? Not talking about it and acting like it didn't happen. So then we just forget about this whole time and it's for nothing. And that's not, and Ron's not going to do that. He's going to, you know, we'll live with this for the rest of the time we're on days. It'll probably be mentioned for the rest of the tenure. Who knows? I don't know. I'm probably being too negative. No, please. That's your role. <laughs> and for them to just disappear, they just disappear. That was a little bit much. Marlena, the devil doesn't even like send them away. They don't have like a final scene at the end of Friday where Marlena is just gathering them, their souls back to the grave and they're going in one by one. Like something like that would have been really beautiful to do. Or just even at the end of episode on, you know, on the episode on Friday, just something random one off. Like, you know, she's putting them all in their graves again. And there's just, Maybe even Charlie's begging not to go back, you know, or something. That would be hilarious. Who knows? Maybe Ron wrote something like that and it got cut. I know that a lot of his stuff gets cut. I mean, so you're fine then with th these zombies just existing in the world of Days of Our Lives. Yes. Yes. I like that. I like that it's kooky and weird and crazy. As much as I complain about the crazy stuff on days, once again, I like crazy, but this was just bad writing. It was not good. Those are my thoughts on it. And it wasn't great writing. It wasn't supposed to be great writing for this. It wasn't. This is a throwaway, silly story. It's just supposed to be silly and fun. A throwaway, silly story that happened you know, took up three episodes of our week. No, sorry. You can have a throwaway silly episode like the Halloween thing or even a silly storyline that's in the background or something, but you can't make this our front burner thing tied in with the possession stuff. This is linked to the possession. So it's canon so it's happening so it's real it's not just a throwaway thing even though he's throwing it away he had them disappear but are they gonna come back oh my god i hope they're not coming back like i hope they're just gone i hope they don't pop up again as zombies 
I doubt we see them again. Well, I would have liked that final marker to let me know that we weren't going to see them again because I'm worried to death. Yeah, and I actually really do love that idea that you had of showing Marlena lead them back into the grave and being all pissed off that her plan didn't work and, you know, there could be some sassy exchanges between her and all of them. That would be a lot of fun. And it is a shame that we didn't get that. I was a little bit confused at first about the disappearing bodies and everything. But once I realized what's going on, it's like, oh, okay. They can just die like regular people. Is it just me, Austin? When Nicole went to stab Damos, did it look like she turned her scissors around where the sharp end was pointing towards her and she clobbed him in the head with the blunt end of the scissors? Well, didn't she stab him in the chest? Yes, she stabbed him in the chest and that was later revealed. But just the way that it was shot, and I don't know if this was just me or not, but it looked like she clonked him in the head with the dull end of the scissors. I do not even know. Well, I know it wasn't to the head. I mean, we saw, it wasn't revealed. Like we saw her stab him in the chest, right? Like that's what I... Yeah, so it might've just been me. To me, it looked like she clonked him in the head, but she might've just stabbed him in the chest and it looked weird to me. Who knows? I don't remember. Maybe she did use a doll into the scissors. Maybe they didn't have enough money for special effects that day. And it's like, you know, you use that. that that's a real scissors. You know, you use that sharp and it's going to go through. You've just got to use a doll and, you know, be real quick about it or something. Who knows? Um, going on what I was going to say after that. I just thought that when I saw that, I thought that it was a funny touch. When I saw Nicole hit him in the head, or at least that's what I thought. Because I was thinking that zombies die by blunt force to the head. So I thought that Nicole was being all clever, hitting him in the head. But then they ended up changing it to just a knife in the chest because that would have been easier or something. I don't know. I thought that it was a continuity error. But that might have just been me. But I did think that that was a funny little touch. I thought, oh, Nicole's being so clever. Well, uh, first of all, it's headshots to the head, not just a clobber. But, well, I guess it would have been scissors. I get what you're saying. But secondly, um, I don't think it happened like that. Um, I really don't. But maybe I'm wrong. And you might be right. I don't know. I thought it was weird. And I, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Because I don't know if you know. I didn't know if you noticed that as well. Or- and I know that I was just saying, just rewinding for a second about the whole uh, wanting more closure with these zombies being gone. I guess, yeah, it makes sense that they were killed and they disappear and they're just gone. But it just, I don't know. I would have liked something more final. I feel like we, I don't know. I understand what was what's going on. I, I, you know, I just thought about it for a second. And obviously that's what they're doing. They disappeared. They were killed. They're gone. And piggybacking off of this being a part of the history of Salem, there is really one moment out of all of this that I think is really important to bring up that is a part of a specific character's history. And that is the character of Trip Dalton. This man is a violent man. And I don't know why people are refusing to acknowledge it. When everybody thought that he, well, not everybody, but when Allie was accusing him of rape, 
nobody wanted to believe it because Tripp is such a nice, upstanding man. But no, he's not. What happened? Listen, people, and listen, Peace. You know Peace. I wasn't watching during this time. Brief, just really quick, Peace. What happened? Just don't go into the whole thing because these people know it. But what are the bullet points? Basically, back in London, Allie was partying. She got drunk at a club. She met Trip. Trip tried to hit on her. And she turned him down. And later on, she was so wasted, she couldn't even stand up. Trip took her back to the apartment. And later on, Charlie snuck into the bedroom and raped her. And all that Allie remembered from the night was Trip leading her back into the room and throwing her on the bed when really he just placed her in bed. Then how's he a violent man? Well, he wasn't a violent man then, but nobody was willing to believe that he could be. And we saw what he did to Kayla back when he first came to town. He held her up with a knife in the hospital and he was trying to change her patient's medications. Didn't he even get some of her patients killed? You know, Tripp is not the innocent person that everybody in Salem makes him out to be. And that's my point. And when we saw him beating the living hell out of Charlie Dale, even if he was a monster, that was still Tripp. That was this angry man, this angry, violent man. And we need to acknowledge You don't that. have to sell me on any angry macho man, baby. If you're saying this is Trip, then I believe you. I didn't know him to be like that. Um, I feel like I'm a person in Salem. And it's like, well, I never knew Trip to be that way. Sweet little old Trip Dalton. You know, he brought in my paper. He put in my, you know, yeah. He switched my blood pressure medicine. Uh, it turns out probably to the wrong thing to kill me, though, huh? Um, <sighs> from what he was doing to Kayla, you said, I didn't know all of that. Are you sure about all of that? I am almost positive that he held a knife to Kayla's throat back in the day. Almost positive. God, and we're supposed to be a legitimate podcast. Anyway. We are. I'm almost positive as good as, good as it gets. It's as good as it gets right here, baby. Days of our lives. These two queens sponsored by Days In the Hotel. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish Jake would have died. I really wish he was dead there. That would have been. I thought he was going to die. That would have been something that would have been long lasting. That would have made this make a little sense. And how devastating for Gabby to have been you know, left to the same situation all over again with the same looking guy. <laughs> I would have been so mad if they killed Jake. No. I would have been furious. <laughs> I would have petitioned for the third Vivian triplet to come in with a big fat southern draw. <laughs> and I just, I know I'm jumping all over the place here. But I just want to jump back for a second to when we were talking about Nick Fallon and just how I really wish this wasn't how we brought him back. And just about it being a little unbelievable, just toward, I think it was like the middle or whatever, when we just kind of randomly bring Kate and Julian. When Kate says, I think I saw Nick Fallon to Julian everything. And what, that somebody was just in a costume, I guess, or... 
Kate would have been more stirred up. And we bring Julie on in the same episode and don't have a scene with her and Nick Fallon as a fucking zombie. What were they doing? That would have been beautiful for her to grab onto his dead face. Like, oh my neck. And talk about something that would change Salem. Seeing Nick like that might knock some sense into Julie saying, hey, maybe this Nick is not the person that I remember. And... Maybe this would knock some sense into Julie saying, is Marlena possessed again? And is this why Doug's locked away? And and Mm -hmm. wouldn't it have been Mm -hmm. great if Nick just kind of defied the devil and told Julie, like, you need to look into Doug. Something's not right with Marlena. Like, just to stir up the pot even more. Oh, my God. That would have been beautiful. So, Nick, you know, like, one final thing. And then... And then if we did see a final scene with Marlena at the end on Friday, like when she would, you know, sentence Nick to his grave, she would like, you know, bring up, I know what you did. And then maybe like sentence him to like, you know, something even more damning than hell or something. And Nick could beg her not to like, and it could just be like a real like, ha ha, fuck you, Nick Fallon moment. Now you're going, you know, now you pissed off the devil. That would have been really fun. And God. Yes, and that would have been some real Nick Fallon drama. I know that I was saying that I was definitely believing all of these performances. I know what you mean. They weren't the actual people because they were zombies. But they did miss a lot of really, really special opportunities that they could have taken if they didn't just goof it out. And I do see what you're saying there, and I agree with you. And I feel like this ruined any chance of Nick Fallon to be able to come back. We've solidified that his body was dead. He came back as a zombie. Can we really ever bring him back in a real way now? And the idea of Gabby seeing him after all this time has been tainted now because she's already seen him. She saw him as a zombie. How scary, you know, how much scarier can it get? You know, she's killed him three times now. Um, She can kill him again. So, I think we missed out on so much opportunity of a real dramatic moment of like in town square with Nick and Gabby you, after he's even been in town a little bit and already visited Julie and stuff, you know, of just, oh my God, he's here. He's real. He's not a zombie. And the we missed an opportunity of Will and Nick Fallon to have a scene again and, you know, for Will to just like go off on him or, you know, Sammy and Nick Fallon again, EJ, we have the recast of EJ. This man's doing him so well. I would have loved to see EJ and Nick Fallon have a scene together too. I mean, there's so many people that Nick Fallon has a history with that are still on the show today. That's how many people he affected and impacted. He should have been brought back as a serious character full-fledged for a whole storyline, even if it were three months or something. But bring him back for a real thing. He deserved that, and the actor deserved it. Absolutely, absolutely. Do we know what Blake Barris has been up to at all? Have you heard of anything that he's been in? I just know that when he was doing his whole big thing as Nick Fallon, that he also did that Budweiser commercial. I know that he filled in as the character of Spinelli on General Hospital once. I wish he would do more. I wish they would give him more. Me too. I think that he's a phenomenal actor. I re- Seeing him again really did make me miss him. 
kind of random, but we forgot to do it in the beginning. We were going to film an episode last week and do a whole dedication of James Reynolds, but we ended up getting sidetracked and couldn't end up putting one out. But uh, Abe didn't have a lot of good material this week. We went more into depth with them last week in our attempted podcast that we are doing. But we do just want to say congratulations to James Reynolds, 40 years on days and for being the longest running black actor on a television show in history, not just daytime from what Peace has told me, but he's the longest running black actor on any television show. And I think that is so crazy and beautiful and he does not get enough recognition. And that's something days should use as like an accolade. Like, you know, this is what we used to advertise the show. We've got the longest running black actor in television history, James Reynolds, starring as a uh, Carver in Salem for 40 years. Where's that advertisement? And he is getting good material these days. I'll give them that, but run with that. I don't know why they don't run with it. I don't know why he doesn't run with it. I don't know why he's not casting on more stuff because of that. He's a great actor. He is a great actor. And who knows? I can't speak for him, but I'm sure that he does love the stability of days. And I'm sure that they're paying him a good amount since he's been there for so long. James Reynolds, baby. Do you want to come on Gaze of Our Lives and Dissects and Days? We're going to ask you your salary. We're going to ask you all the scoop. The real juicy shit. We want to hear all the times that you got drunk with John Black and what really happened. Oh, yes. Yes. How many beers can John Black throw back? (laughs) We knew Nicole and Rafe were going to have sex. We knew Nicole and Rafe were going to have sex. They did. I'm so freaking mad about that. I think he's so gross. Rafe has been just pissing me the fuck off lately. It makes me so mad that he thinks he can just run to Nicole, and it makes me mad that Nicole's letting him too. But Nicole, but Rafe is acting so entitled. And here is Ava sitting in jail trying to use her one phone call on her supposed boyfriend. And oh man. <laughs> He is really, really just making me so mad. And I don't like not liking Rafe. You know, I've always historically liked Rafe as a character, but ever since really, since he got with Hope, I think, his character has just gone so downhill. And I just do not like the person that he is anymore. Even before that, really. I mean, once he started arresting his dad and his sister and stuff, all that crap, I lost a lot of respect for him. I have not liked Rafe since he got with Kay. I didn't like that storyline for either of them. Um, I love the idea of them sleeping together. I love that one-off, really intense, dramatic, surprising thing. Uh, how it happened and it was random and I think they were both drunk or something or Kate was and they were both in a weird place in their lives. You know, and that's so real. Why couldn't it just been a one night stand? They had to make it a whole thing. I 
thought the last good storyline Rafe had was with Nicole and Daniel and AJ during the whole baby switch thing where he was yes. pretending to be Nicole's baby daddy. Rafe has always said fuck you to the law when he noticed that the law was failing. When he noticed the system was failing, Rafe stepped in and said, I'm not going to do this. Look what all the things he did for Sammy all those years. Rafe Hernandez is not the guy they've wrote him out to be. Would not be so cold to Gabby. Rafe is a family man. And sure, Gabby's being a little extreme and stuff, and Rafe is letting him live with her. So, I mean, that's a little understandable now. But Rafe has just, like you said, been kind of cold-hearted. And especially since he got with Hope. That was stupid. And to get with Sammy's cousin, it's like, how gross. And Rafe sleeping with Nicole is just stupid. We knew it was going to happen, just like Brady and Chloe. But I also just want to say really quick about Nicole uh, and what we kind of went into in our botched podcast last week. They have just made Nicole's character so weak with the idea of letting EJ treat her like shit and now letting Rafe treat her like shit. And like I went into last week, Nicole did used to be in a position where she would let EJ kind of do whatever he wanted with her. She just really wanted to be a part of Sydney's life. They were in a business relationship, marriage, and EJ was just horrible to her. But they wrote Nicole to be a strong woman over these years. And Nicole's, you know, always kind of been a strong woman to a certain degree. Like the idea that she's just letting Rafe and... EJ just act like she's their number two choice and they'll be with her if they want to be and she'll be there if they want her to be. But where's Nicole's voice in all of this? What does Nicole want and what does Nicole deserve? And Arian Zucker deserves some material she can really dig into. And I really loved how the devil mentioned that Nicole used to be like a bad person when the devil said yes, uh, Nicole used to be one of mine, but now she's went to the darks. I mean, went, you know, over or whatever, <laughs> you know, basically to the devil, I guess she went to the dark side. She, she found the G word. <laughs> I do chuckle a little bit every time she quivers whenever she hears somebody say the word God, like, what was that? Nick Fallon talking about the Greek god of pain. And she said, don't say that word around me. And he's like, Greek? I thought that was funny. I think the god stuff is really funny. I like that. And I have to say, I think that Marlena and Deidre Hall are doing this really well. You know, I think there are some good aspects to this. Like I said, I'm not a fan of the possession storyline. I don't, at least not the way that they're doing it. If this is what a possession storyline entails, then I'm not a fan. But I don't hate everything. And I do think the God thing's funny. You heard it right here, folks. Austin does not hate everything. Not everything. What's the one thing he likes? Tune in next week. (laughs) We'll hear all about it then, I'm sure. But going on with Wraith and sort of just gross bad cops what about sean douglas you leave my sean douglas out of this okay i do love sean douglas but he would he always pisses me off whenever he comes back to salem and he's like oh i'm just gonna work for the police department right now last time that he was in town he freaking filled in for rape as the police commissioner for a while 
he was police commissioner while Rafe was gone. And then once Rafe came back, he uh, gave the job back to Rafe. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not sticking around town anyway. But now every time he comes back, he can just come and show up to the police department and be like, yeah, I'm a cop again. I don't think it works like that. If it does, that is not how it should work. I do agree. In what world do you just get to be a freelance police officer? I go where I'm needed. You know, I've got a job everywhere. Um, any jurisdiction, I can cover. Any town that's got a criminal in the, the interrogation room and you need somebody to rough them up, then I'm your guy. Especially if, you know, that criminal is a suspect in a crime involving you know, my sister, Sierra, then I will punch you in the face. I will get you to spill your guts anyway. I have to say, I don't think that Sean Douglas has ever punched somebody in the face in the interrogation room. Although he might have. He's done some really shitty things. Kind of going along with this idea of Sean Douglas coming in and out as a police officer, I don't really like how, since Ron Carlevati's kind of taken over, that the cast has been switched out so much. I don't feel like there's a lot of consistency with the characters. And like the idea that, you know, Sean just kind of comes in and out and so does Belle. And I don't like that. I don't like the constant rotating of them. You know, like back in the day when a new character came on, it was like a big deal and they were getting an actual storyline. But now there's so many people that are rotated in and out that there's just nobody getting any really good, solid, lengthy material. Everything's so short. Everything's so convoluted you know there's new people being added in all the time it's just hard to really get okay with this do you think in a way that the old way that days did it maybe they didn't bring in new people enough but i think there has to be a balance and that's what i'd like to see because i do think it's nice oh there's a visiting relative and stuff like that but i mean like it happens too much like when eric you said he came back a couple months ago for a one-off episode and you know it's like what's the point in that type of stuff like I just don't understand. And it just makes me think, you know, are you not invested in the main storyline enough? Is there not enough there that we have to keep veering off with everything else? And I do agree with you that there needs to be more balance. The last time that we had Sean Douglas and Belle come back, it was for a pretty decent stint. And I liked that. I liked having them in town. And I would like to see them be a normal fixture in the town. But it doesn't make sense the way that they just come back from overseas. Last time they were gone forever, it was because they were living in Hong Kong. And this time around, they're living in South Africa now. And especially since Claire didn't come with them on this trip, you know that it, they're going back soon. And it makes me mad that Claire didn't come back for this trip too, because you would think that she would, especially since her parents did. And Theo, what, she's just sitting there all alone, holding down the fort in South Africa with all the rejected Salem members. Oh, no, I guess she's got JJ down there to keep her company. Ooh, they used to be an item. I wonder if they're going to come back as a couple. I do not want to see JJ back on. No. And I don't want to see New Claire. I haven't seen New Claire. I don't want to see New Claire. I don't think you'd like New Claire. So what did you think about... 
Justin and Bonnie's impromptu random wedding at the Kiriakis Mansion. Oh, did they get married? I think I I think I blinked and I missed it. Really? Like, are you like not watching for those scenes or? No, it was just so fast and random that it was just bam done over. A recap popped up. I want to read one of Victor's lines. Yeah. Yeah, right here, because he had some good ones. He had some good ones. This is my favorite. I negotiated a huge deal for Justin and Xander to be released. It didn't include the release of some dime store Dolly Parton. (laughs) And I thought that was really good. And then when he said he was going to kill Steve Johnson, I thought it was funny. Um, It was funny. I have to say, though, characters that don't have to be on... I'm sorry, but Victor, I think it's about time he's one of them. He definitely made me laugh with this whole wedding thing. But ever since he's been back recently, he has just been annoying me. And there's only so much you can do with the cranky old man who is always sitting down in his chair character. And meanwhile, we've had Maggie back for a little while now. And this is the first time we saw... Victor and Maggie together. And they're just sort of bickering. But I feel like so much time has passed and Maggie has spent all this time away from Victor. And the way that she was talking to Brady, it sounded like she is sort of done with his shit. And we've always known that she's always been done with this shit, but she always goes back to him. But I feel like for this first time that we saw Victor and Maggie together, especially since we haven't seen them together since either of them have returned, and just to see them bickering like normal, it's like, no, this stuff should be boiling over at this point. I'm tired of seeing this stagnant Victor and Maggie storyline. Oh, they're the couple that bickers. It's fun. It's cute. The good girl and the bad guy. But it's not fun and it's not cute. Maybe it was for a little while, but this is a bad relationship and they have some serious problems. And it's about damn time that we explore that. I agree with you about the idea of give Victor some good material with Maggie, but I'm okay with him being on screen, even if it is in a random scene, even if he is being the grouchy old man sitting in the chair. And I'm not saying that you, you know, your concerns are unfounded or anything, but I'm just thinking back to when Joseph Mascalo died and when I, you know, I didn't care if he was in a wheelchair. I didn't care if he was behind a desk or, you know, it was nice seeing him. It was sad a lot of the times. And it's a little sad sometimes seeing Victor because, you know, he is getting older, but I don't want to say that he needs wrote off. And I do think he and Maggie deserve some good material, but Maybe we're getting there. I, you know, they brought him back on. Maggie's on. Well, why wouldn't, you know, hopefully something does happen. I do have to say, though, a really good storyline, regardless of the idea of killing Victor off or, or you know, getting rid. You know, regardless of that, I think a really good storyline would be for Maggie to just lose it and murder Victor. I think that would be really beautiful. Oh, wow. I think it. In a drunken rage. In a drunken rage, sure, dude. After she saw Eileen Davidson, Kristen Demera in a red dress. Anyways, no, I would love that. I I agree. Give them some good material. 
I do think the wedding was random. I think, I think the whole idea of everybody going to jail and getting out was random and stupid. I don't like it. Yeah, when, I hated that so much. And that brings us to our next point with my wonderful DA, Melinda Trask, who's not so wonderful this time around in this storyline, I have to say. Now she's blackmailing Xander. And she goes on that little sob story about how she's going to use the money to protect uh, to protect immigrants at the border. And I mean, that's a noble cause. That is something that is near and dear to Melinda Trask's heart. But she would not get that money from blackmailing Xander. And I just feel like she's going down for all of this. Because now that the secret between Gwen and her miscarriage is out, then Xander has no reason to protect Melinda Trask, especially how she's treated him. So he's just going to say she blackmailed me and she's keeping the money. Look at her. And it's not going to look good for her. And I feel like of all the people that have been in trouble in Salem and have been facing jail time and let free, Melinda Trask is not a character who's not going to be let free. She's an Asian woman in Salem. She's going to fry. She's going to spend the rest of her life in jail for this. And we're never going to hear from her again. And that's my worst fear. And Days does have a track record of making all of these pro-immigration, really all of these pro-leftist type of storylines, for lack of better terms. Um, they have a reputation of kind of making them a little dirty. Just thinking back to Melinda Trask and sneaking her sister into the country and stuff. And they were kind of just made out a little villainy in that, I feel like. And at least Melinda Trask was in a way. And uh, like, obviously we were supposed to sympathize and empathize. And JJ was, you know, for white fans, I feel like who didn't understand that stuff, JJ was that device to, oh, kind of soft in this storyline. But it all just kind of felt a little muddy. And this, the idea that she's getting money for uh, immigrants at the border and she's blackmailing people for it. It's like, this is dirty money. And it just makes it like, that if the, oh is this what you have to do to further your cause you know do one bad thing to further a, a good thing you know does that even really even out dirty money that's how they fund these things it just feels like that i think that days needs to treat those storylines with a little more respect and like you're mentioning she's an asian woman on days in salem and it seems like she's gonna go and fry for everything and if they literally do that to her they're not looking at the implications that the only Asian woman in Salem is going to be going down for that. And we don't know what's going on, right? This is something that peace has just kind of inferred here. I think that I'm kind of cold. It does seem like that. And if there's anybody that's a Melinda Trask fan, it's peace. And you went in that, you went on that whole thing in the first episode too. So it's solidified. It seems like she's going down. He runs a Melinda Trask fan club. I love Melinda Trask. <laughs> I am I'm a fan of Melinda Trask. That is solidified. I do like her. You have the Melinda Trask fan club in my heart, though. And I guess that brings us to Gwen and her big secret coming out, Austin. I have some thoughts about this scene, but I'd like to hear what you think. You start. 
Okay. When it was first starting, I have to admit, I was a little bit let down. I thought that this was just sort of coming out kind of quickly in this private room. I was expecting this to come out in a big way. And I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't. But as the scene went on, I really started to see what they were doing with the intimacy of all of this. And I thought that everybody was so great, especially Gwen and Abigail. I thought that their performances were so good. Abigail with, oh my God, all of those freaking lines that she had to remember. I have not seen a monologue on this show in so long like that. That was a long freaking monologue. And she nailed it. I'm not a fan of Gwen. I don't really care about uh, her secret. And I do think you, I do agree with the intimacy. I think that's nice and everything. I mean, and bear with me, people. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't really care about this character. And to me, it feels weird with Jack being on without Jennifer, even though I don't want Melissa Reeves racist ass coming back which she is and this podcast takes a firm stance against melissa reeves being on days of our lives well <laughs> at least half of this podcast takes that firm stance i don't know how peace feels about melissa reeves uh, being jennifer horton are you still okay with her no i was always i, I was always a huge fan of, not when i first started watching days of our lives i hated the character of jennifer <laughs> <laughs> I might leave Oh, that's well, hilarious. <laughs> Blooper. <laughs> Wait. When I first started watching Days, I hated the character of Jennifer, and I hated Melissa Reeves' portrayal. I hated the goody two-shoes-ness. But as I began watching and becoming a bigger and bigger fan, I started to really love Jennifer Horton until the point where she was really one of my favorite characters. And the moment that I heard that she was liking stuff from Candace Owens and tweeting positive stuff about Chick-fil-A. It became clear that she's not somebody that we can support anymore. I thought that when Katie McLean filled the role of Jennifer Horton, I thought that she played a better Jennifer Horton than Melissa Reeves. I would love to see her come back and play that role. And Jennifer is a huge part in Salem. I do like Jennifer. I just do not support Melissa Reeves coming back to play the role. I don't really have any interest in seeing that. And I don't want to see Melissa Reeves back. I wish I could have seen Katie play the role. Um, I think that's so sad that they're not bringing her back. I think she, from what I did see in that little bit of a clip that you showed me, I thought she was good. And I think her and Jack had good chemistry from the, yeah, the little bit that I did see. I don't like the character of Jennifer. The idea of her being holier than thou and her being the goody two-shoes and even though she's just as bad as the rest of them, deep down, uh, and I hate those hypocritical people, but, you know, that character is needed on days. Uh, and I think that is needed for Jack. And I hate to say that. I'm not saying this against Matthew Ashford or anything, but maybe it's a writing right now and stuff. But I feel like we need Jennifer for Jack. It feels weird with him not having Jennifer. And I feel like Gwen's sort of a way to keep Jack in town and 
give him something to do. And I guess that's kind of where my dislike of Gwen's kind of coming to. Like, it just seems like a little fillery to me. Like, this is obviously on the back burner. And I have to say, I love Xander. We've always loved Xander, me and Peace. He is so fucking hot, so good looking. Those scenes with Leo and Xander and that sex thing, that should have been me. Xander is sexy. I love him. The character needs a rest. It's time for him to go, at least for a couple years, if not forever. I don't think he was ever meant to be a main part of the show. Um, I don't think he was introduced like that, you know, under the Dina Hegley days, you know, I, and I feel like he was meant to come back. And I feel like he's, I feel like his thing with coming back with Kristen disguised in the Nicole mask, I feel like that should have been his bit, last big storyline. The State of Salem. So, Austin, this week in the State of Salem, we're going to be talking about the idea of recast. Are they okay? Are they not? Is there a middle ground? I know that there's some characters that it have worked for. Austin, I'm pretty sure that you're just dying to talk about a certain recast character that's on the canvas right now that you have some pretty strong feelings about so let's hear them yes i alluded to it earlier i'm not a fan of recasts at least for long-term characters characters uh that we've seen portrayed by the same actor for 20 30 years they should not be recasted. They are off limits. I think Sammy Brady falls into, I mean, Sammy Brady definitely falls into that category for me, but it seems like Ron Carlevati and previous writers haven't played around with the recast either. So my question, and same thing with Marlena, same thing with John Black. So my question is, why do we have to recast uh, Kristen Demera? Why is Stacey Hyduke playing the role? What happened to Eileen? Uh, obviously, Eileen Davidson is here willing to do the work she did beyond Salem. And the way that Ron Carlevati worded a quote when he was on Dishon Days, he basically made it seem like he was the reason that Eileen wasn't portraying this role, that he's the reason for bringing Stacey in, that Stacey is our Kristen Demera now. And that's Ron Carlevati's sole decision. A man who has only been writing days since 2017. That's four years now. And a man who I don't think watched a show beforehand because from what I've read, he has had to rely on other people to inform him of the past of days. So this is a man who's came in these last four years, new to the show, taking it over and is saying, I know what's best for this show. Fuck the fans. Fuck the actors who have portrayed these roles for 20 to 30 years. I'm not okay with it. I'm just not okay with it. It makes me sick to my stomach to see Kristen Demera, my favorite character ever on Days of Our Lives, being portrayed by somebody when it's not necessary. Now, a necessary recast, E.J. Demera. God, we all love James Scott. James Scott originated that role, but he was only on really for what, five to eight years, probably, you know, around there. And James Scott will not come back. Peace knows that more than anybody with that cryptic post we saw. But 
James Scott would not come back. And I think that they found the best person to replace him with this new guy they have. Forgive me for not knowing his name. Dan Fierigo. Well, Dan, I can't exactly say the last name right now. I'll learn it. I think he's great. That's a reason to recast. Uh, Jennifer Horton with Melissa Reeves bullshit. That's a reason to recast. But do we have to have Stacey playing Kristen? What's the point? She's less in the role. And listen, I'm not saying that Stacey Hyduke, the actress, is bad. I have nothing against the actress. Cast this woman as a different role. There are so many people who want to see Eileen back in this role. You're not doing the role. You're not doing the character of Kristen Demera justice, and you're not doing Stacey Hyduke justice by having her take over a role that was not necessary for her to take over. There's resentment there. There's just dislike. And she's not even playing the role as Kristen Demera. She's playing it as Stacey Demera. And that's a little inside joke me and Peace have that this is Stacey Demera kind of running amok. You know, where's Kristen? Because this isn't Kristen. I know that was a long rant, people, but as Peace said, I've been holding that in for this specific conversation. I've been holding it in for this state of Salem. That's why it had to be episode two so we could get it over with so I could voice these opinions. Peace, what do you think about Kristen Demera? the recast of her and what do you think about the recast in general and also i know that you were favorable of stacy hyduke in the beginning of this you know taking over this role how do you feel now um is it still the same well it's been an up and down roller coaster with me and stacy i always really have liked the actress i admit that i never saw her in young and the restless which was her big role that everybody knows her from i saw her from her stint as hannah what's her face (laughs) on all my children when she was zach's crazy ex-girlfriend who came to town to profess her love for him and ended up jumping off a cliff because she couldn't have him. And I just remember just falling in love with her. And I was excited to see her come to Days of Our Lives, just to see her again. And I also really, really liked Kristen Demera. I mean, she's really Austin's gal, but I always really love Kristen Demera as portrayed by Eileen Davidson. I remember when she came to town for her first big stint that I saw when she was there for a whole year and ended up raping Eric. And that whole storyline was just so much fun and so crazy. And she lived up to the expectation. And yeah, you know, that's a Kristen that I do remember and love. And there have been parts of Stacey Hyduke's portrayal of her that I have liked, especially towards the beginning when I was finding reasons to like her. But anymore, it's just so over the top. And something that I like to say is that when you see a recast, like with EJ, another thing that I agree with you about, I agree that Dan is doing a great job as EJ. And since James Scott is not going to return to the role under any circumstances. I think that this was a good choice. But one thing that I always do look at when there is a recast, I always, especially a recast of 
somebody that I really liked. I always like to see the shadow of the original actor just standing behind them, saying those lines. I like to imagine the way that they would say those lines. And for a while, I did see see that in Stacy's performance of Kristen. I could see Eileen saying those lines, and I could compare them, and I could be okay with it. I know that you never got to that point, Austin. But anymore, especially seeing those scenes with Rachel, I just don't buy this as Kristen. I don't see Eileen standing there. I just can't see her in these scenes anymore. And I really do wish that they would bring Eileen back. I thought that it was great seeing her in Beyond Salem, but it wasn't great enough because we only got her for a couple episodes and she was just acting crazy and pretending to be on Real Housewives. And that's not why I wanted to see her. <laughs> um, it was great seeing her nonetheless. I well, I do watch Young and the Restless now. I see her quite often there as the beautiful Ashley Abbott, but she's not Kristen. Her best scenes on Young and the Restless have been recently when she's crying over her daughter and her situation. But we don't see any just real layered gutsy Kristen. We don't get any of that on Young and the Restless that I see it. And being somebody who does get to watch Eileen on a regular basis, there's nothing, nothing in the world like watching her play Kristen Demare. That is something special. really wish they would bring Eileen back. A recast that uh, we saw recently that was a necessary one um, was uh, the woman who was recasted as Lexi. And I thought that was tastefully done um, because we don't need to recast that role because the only person for that role would be Renee Jones. But the idea of, and I'm not saying that it necessarily even needed to be done, but the way they did it was fine, I think. Like, you know, having this person for Abe's storyline to celebrate 40 years, because how can you celebrate Abe without celebrating Lexi? And so I thought that was fine. But um, if they would have recasted her and showed her face and everything, that wouldn't have been okay. That would have been too far, especially going into flashback scenes. That wouldn't have made any sense. That would have been so confusing. Especially going into... The flashbacks are all we really needed. The, and God, did they pick some great flashbacks. They showed them at their best. They showed them at their worst. They showed them at their cutest. They showed that dying scene. when That was shortly after I started watching Days. And... I said, she's not going to die. They're going to find the miracle cure. And Austin's like, uh, no, I think she's going to die. And I said, no, she's not going to die. This is a soap opera. Nobody dies on a soap opera. Just you watch. She's going to be there in the hospital bed. And the heart monitor is going to go beep. And then the doctor is going to rush in and say, wait. And all is going to be well. And then there she was, you know, just... Oh man, dying in Abe's arms. And he went, he wanted to go in to get the sweater and realize that she was gone. That was so, I was not ready for it. I did not want her to die. And I was not expecting her to die. And watching that scene again was just so powerful. Watching all of those scenes again 
I didn't know anything about that baby switch that she did back in the day. Austin, I don't know how much you know about that, but it was really fun watching those scenes and watching Abe really tear into her. That was so interesting. God, that's and that's what I love about soaps. There's so much history there. And there's, you know, always stuff that you forget. There's stuff that you didn't even know. There's just a whole treasure trove in there that you can go back and you can always be surprised. I love that. I love that so much too. The history of these soaps. I don't know anything about that baby thing. At first, with those scenes with Abe yelling, I thought it was about the affair. And I don't know if the affair and that baby thing are tied into uh, together. But when Lexi cheated on Abe, um, I wish I could have seen that stuff. That would have been a storyline I would have really liked to see. That was in my notes last week, too. I wrote, I wish that I was watching back oh, then. Oh, those scenes with Abe were so great. I want to see Abe get really killer material like that. Some material he can dig into. Yes. And... I know we're in the state of Salem, but just to kind of, you know, since we didn't really get to talk about Abe, because uh, that podcast got messed up last week when we were kind of dedicating everything to him, I do just want to say Abe deserves some good material, and that whole him getting shot in the chest was just stupid. It was like nobody even cared. Everybody knew that he was going to be okay. I mean, they didn't say that or anything, but Lonnie wasn't crying. Theo wasn't really crying. They were kind of teary-eyed. Paulina was freaking out, but that's it. And it's like everybody knew that Abe was probably going to make it out alive because every, you know, there's a million things that are going on like this and everybody's been fine. I feel like the characters have been wrote... And I guess this isn't a recast conversation, but it kind of is in a way because the characters themselves have kind of been recasted in the way that they're not acting like themselves. They've been given new traits. And I don't know. I just think these storylines have been just too far-fetched. Like, Abe being shot should have been more serious. This That was a celebration for his 40th year on Days and for being the longest-running Black actor on television in television history. I'm not buying it. I'm not okay with that. He deserved better. Give him a story where he's yelling like he was all those years ago. You know, where he's emotional, where Abe's crying, where he just gets something to dig into. And I definitely, definitely agree. I have nothing against Abe shooting, and I know that contradicts what I said last episode, but now knowing that that was leading into his anniversary, I'm okay with that being the vehicle to celebrate, but you're absolutely right. It should have been more dramatic. They missed such a huge opportunity with Lonnie. Sal Stowers is no stranger to crying. We have seen her cry so many times. We have seen her be emotional. She can do it. And with all of this Paulina drama hanging over our heads with Abe not really being Lonnie's father, what better way to ease into that than by showing a really emotional scene where Lonnie says, I don't know how I could live without my father. And then going from that to, oh, my God, you're not even really my father. You know, it was such a missed opportunity. I completely agree. You know, if Lonnie can't even cry when her father might not make it out alive, then why should we care that he's not even her father? Even though I definitely think that that has been shown over the years, 
Lonnie and Abe have a very strong connection as father-daughter, but you wouldn't have known it this week. This, these past couple weeks. And this is reminiscent of when they fucked up the whole storyline with Stefano and EJ Demira, and they made it to where Stefano wasn't EJ's real father for those couple of months. And then they realized how big of a mistake they made, and they redid it. And James Scott and Joseph Scala were both against that storyline. And this is just reminiscing. You have something good here, something authentic, something with chemistry. I think Abe's relationship with Lonnie is the reason Lonnie's become kind of like an okay character to me because they it's just allowed her character to kind of blossom. And I haven't seen a lot of Lonnie's growth. I saw her in the beginning. I didn't like her. I thought she was one of those do good cops like Rafe is now. I didn't like it. Now I feel like she's more human. Uh, I feel like she's more three-dimensional. She's okay. I don't know if she'd be in my... I'm not being mean, but she definitely wouldn't be in my dream days cast. But she's okay to me. But I don't want to... She won't be okay to me, really, when they do this. Because it's going to ruin her character. It just makes no sense. It's unnecessary drama. Make Paulina the mother. That's fine. But now we're, you know, that's enough drama, I feel like. But now we're losing Abe as the father and Paulina's gaining the mother role. And there's going to be drama. If the wedding happens, it'll all come out at the wedding. It's like, oh, you know, day's weddings are scary. No, they're not. We know crazy, stupid shit's going to happen now. Be prepared for it to happen. And it's not even good anymore. Day's weddings suck now. They're nothing like they were. The last good day's wedding, Will and Sonny's. The last one before that, Kristen and Brady's, when her sex tape was played of her raping Eric. That was the last good wedding. I thought I I thought that Eli and Lonnie's wedding was really good. And I don't think you were watching. I yeah, but you should go back and watch it. That was a really good wedding. It, it, no wedding can ever touch Kristen and Brady's though, I don't think. Kristen and Brady's wedding was good. I think that's a wedding to live up to. Of all of daytime history. I'm literally putting that as the best wedding, the best build-up. Literally one of the greatest storylines we ever witnessed was Eileen Davidson portraying Kristen DeMera in that year uh, long storyline when she came back in the 2010s um, for the first time. And what was it? 15 years, 20 years. You know, that was great seeing her then. Like P said, that was just a great storyline. I'm glad that I was watching at that time. And I wanted to say it earlier. It's kind of jumpy, but I'm also glad that I was a viewer at the time of Lexi's final storyline. And that whole year was phenomenal. So I would come home from high school at the time and I wasn't able to have watched it live. And Peace was like graduated of high, out of high school at the time. He was, you know, a couple years older. So he would have watched it live. This was still when SoapNet was around. So I would have to wait for five o'clock to roll around and watch it on SoapNet. And I would text Peace every day for those six months and say, how was the episode? Give me a one out of 10 rating. And it was always at least an eight. And I remember one time I asked Peace, were Sammy and Kate in the show today? 
And Peace said, yes, and even better, they had a scene together. And I just knew I was in for a good episode. This was when Lexi was dying, when Joseph Mascala was about to be killed off, you know, for, you know, again. Uh, but then they would bring him back with Ian McAllister. They did the disaster. This was leading up to the disaster. When they did the disaster, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. The disaster could have been better. But leading up to the disaster was fucking beautiful daytime television on Days of Our Lives. That was definitely a storyline for the books, one to live up to. And, you know, that's what is so great about this recast conversation, because we can talk about how well people are doing right now or not. But when we talk about the originals and back in the day of days... Those are the stories where you just have so much fun just revisiting and remembering. And there's so many times when we're talking and you bring something up and I'm like, oh, my God, I completely forgot about that. And I feel like that's happened in this podcast already. And that's just so much fun going back when things were great on days. Things were so great on days. We didn't know how good we had it. Well, we did during that year. We were grateful. We never complained during that year. That was a beautiful, great, good year. Just good material. I forget the exact year. Me and Peace are going to go. We'll do some history search and figure out exactly what year that went down. And speaking of recast, somebody I miss is Kate Nancy. I do why I, I love Marcy Miller. I have nothing against Marcy Miller. I think she's a great actor. I think she has been given the shitty end of the stick. She's holding on to that same shit end of the stick that Stacey Hyduke got. You know, they're doing a tug of war here, you know, and Stacey Hyduke and Marcy Miller are on the same side. You know, they got a, a bad deal because they're in a situation where the people that were playing the roles before them were great. They should have been able to keep those roles. I don't know Kate Nancy's situation. And I don't really know a lot Eileen Davidson's situation. Maybe she can't come back. Maybe she doesn't have time. I don't think that's what's going on. And the way Ron Carlovati made it seem, it was that, that this was his decision. So that's what I'm basing it off of. And Eileen, reach out to us. Tell us what's going on, baby. Come on the show, Eileen and Kate Mancy. We will love you here forever. Um, yes, we won't treat you mean like Ron Carlovati. Kate Mancy and Billy Flynn, great couple on, uh, you know, Kate Mancy and Billy Flynn's Chad Demera and Chad Demera before Billy Flynn. We've always loved Chad, like I've mentioned before, but Abigail and Chad have always been great with Kate Mancy in that role. The chemistry, I just think it, it has it's something different with Kate Mancy. And it was just, she's the originator of this role. Then they bring in Marcy Miller and have her do all the crazy stuff. You know, and Kate Mancy doesn't get enough credit though for when she was trying to burn uh, Ben alive and everything. That was good stuff. And she deserved to be able to play around with this multiple personality more. And I'm sad that when Kate Mancy did come back recently, she barely got to play around with any of the mental illness stuff. She really does it great and the best, I think. 
In the role of Abigail Devereaux, I think Kate Mansi does it the best. And one thing that is so interesting about the character of Abigail is that we've got these two actresses playing her. And for me, I love that. I think that is just something so weird and different. And God, you wake up in the morning and you never know who you're going to be looking at. And I know it's not that dramatic, but I was always a very big Kate Mancy fan, just like you. And Marcy Miller did take some getting used to for me, especially because she looks nothing like Kate Mancy and she plays the role completely differently. But after a few back and forths between these two actresses, I have found that I like that consistency of two people being there to play the role. They are both my Abigails at this point. And I like that Kate Mancy and Marcy Miller both play this role. I don't want to see Marcy Miller now play this role forever and we forget about Kate Mancy. I would love to see Kate Mancy come back to the role. I think that the only way that it works is that neither actress replaces the other at this, permanently, at least. I like that back and forth. And, uh, and you know, Austin, we've always talked about it leading up to a who is the real Abigail? Have both women on the show at once and try to figure out a way to explain why everybody thought that Marcy Miller was Abigail when she looks nothing like her and acts nothing like her. And have Kate Mancy just be like, really, guys, what happened? And nobody knows what's going on. I think that would be a great, 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 fun storyline and I would love to see this leading up to that because I definitely feel like it is leading up to something it's got to at this point yeah I've always thought that'd be good too it's a tale of two Abigails would love it that'd be so great it's not gonna happen this isn't leading up to that Kate Mancy's not gonna get the role back I mean this is Ron Carlovati's decision I don't think this is a flip-flop thing and it hasn't been a couple times of them flip-flopping it was that uh kate mancy left originally marcy miller was brought in the role they brought kate mancy back for that storyline and now marcy miller's back in it unless kate mancy comes back for you know then it's but it, then it's flip-flopping but it's not flip-flopping yet i feel like kate mancy coming back that time with ron was ron just seeing does he like Kate Mancy in that role. And I feel like that he liked Marcy Miller better or something um, happened. Who knows? Maybe Kate Mancy doesn't want to do the role anymore. I have no idea. But to me, it does not seem like a flip-flop. I would love for this to lead up, you know, to the tale of two Abigails and playing around with the multiple personality disorders. And yes, I think this could all feed into that, but it's not going to. Um, and I think this thing, I think... That same thing needs to be done with Kristen Demera in the way of that it turns out that this is like Stacey Demera, that the Kristen that's running around right now is not the real Kristen. It's her crazy cousin Stacy or something. Or just God make Stacy Susan or something and bring, you know, Eileen in as Kristen and do that. And it turns out that this has been Susan the whole time. Or I have no idea, but Eileen needs to come back. Because this character of Kristen is not even Kristen anymore. First of all, I don't like Kristen Amara as a mother. I think that, and not 
the way of how it was so perfect with Brady and stuff either. Like she, first of all, the character doesn't deserve that. I love Kristen, but she's an evil bitch. She does not deserve the perfect baby like that. And even though that the evil people get what they want the most and stuff like this should have just been a thing that haunted her. And I think the same thing with Nicole. Honestly, I don't. And, and if you do give her a baby, then you do it when Daisy's about to wrap up production years down the road, even if she's 50 years old, you know, like, but you, uh, you know, you don't do it uh, this way because it's was such a big part of those characters stories that they never had a baby and always wanted it. And I think that kind of killed a lot of the drive for those characters when they finally did have the baby. And now they don't have the same fight in them anymore. And Kristen is not this over the top. She's not just consistently doing things that make no sense. Why the hell would Kristen walk into Brady's apartment when he could have been standing right there in the living room? And just completely have grabbed her and called the cops. Or she must have thought in her head that if Brady saw her, he would have fell back in love with her. That's not what Eileen's Kristen would have thought. Eileen's Kristen, when we last saw her, besides the time when we saw her in the red dress during that whole Will Horton thing, we saw her laughing in the red dress, and then they never brought her back after that. When we when we saw her in Italy. She was about to kill Brady. She was about to shoot him. She was about to murder him in cold blood and raise that Teresa's and Brady's baby on her own. Kristen was past John. She was past Brady. She was moving on to other things. And I'm ashamed and disappointed. Not ashamed necessarily. I don't know why I would be ashamed. I guess I'm ashamed. I'm definitely disappointed that Kristen regressed. And keep her crazy. Keep her psycho. You know, demented, mentally ill. I love all of that. Make her human, you know, make her relatable. That's the thing. Kristen's always been a little relatable too. But bring that out. This monster woman we see is not relatable at all. And I don't know. I feel like I'm contradicting myself in ways too. And I'm acknowledging that because I'm saying a lot here, but I'm going to end my rant. Well, Hey, you know what? The soaps contradict themselves enough. It's hard not to contradict yourself on your own opinion. Sometimes when you're talking about it. And I mentioned this just, I know this is kind of random, but I mentioned this to peace. Um, uh, I don't know if it was in the last podcast or not, but I want to bring it up again. I know we're moved past the possession thing. But just speaking of the possession thing, a real problem that I have with it is that it just does not feel like there was that much of a lead up and that it feels very random to be here. And there's no real reason why. And I think it would have been interesting if it like this time around, they would have played around with Stefano DeMera being the devil and possessing Marlena or something like that. I know um, you know, and when I mentioned that piece, mentioned the counter argument that they kind of played around with Stefano being in Patch's body. And well, they really did play around with it, but I mean, I wasn't watching during then. And, but I mean, regardless, I want to see something that solidifies why Marlena, why is the devil attached on Marlena? Or even I would have liked, maybe she's not even possessed. Maybe it turns out she's been given some type of drug that's gave her, you know, powers or, you know, I feel like that could even be rooted a little more in reality than this whole idea of possession. But 
Days loves religious stuff. They've always loved religious stuff. So it does make sense too that this is the devil in those terms. But I mean, I'm not okay with zombies. I'm just will never be okay with zombie Nick Fallon. Um, at least he didn't recast him. Good lord, but he wasn't gonna bring him back, that's for sure, for a serious story. He's still looking good though, even as a zombie. He's not as hot as he was when he had that heart-shaped pillow over his private parts, but Oh my god. That was some spicy daytime for you. Love in the afternoon. Damn. Is there any other recasts I've just been fucking repulsed by that I haven't bitched about? I hate to tell you, but they actually did recast Sammy Brady. She's going to be coming back in January. Yeah. <laughs> She's the queen. Sammy Brady is the queen of days of our lives. I think that's about everything, Austin. All right. Follow us on Twitter, The Gay Hourglass. At The Gay Hourglass, is that right? At The Gay Hourglass on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe and keep listening. Tell us what you think, and we'll see you next week. Point in the conversation. <laughs>